This is Propulsion, the financial professional's catalyst to exponential growth. Are you a driven and ambitious financial professional, but you are finding it hard to break through to the next level? Or are you struggling to build and run your practice successfully? Join François de Toy, a leading consultant and trainer, as he interviews not only the experts, but also people you have never heard of before, but who have done amazing things, about how they run their practices, the challenges they face, how they overcome those challenges, their failures, which tech has improved their business, how their revenue models work, and other practical aspects. We go deep so you can learn as much as possible. And here is your host, François de Toy. Welcome to our first episode that will focus primarily on technology for financial planners specifically. And I'm very excited today to talk to Kirsty de Toy from a new company that uh, they've started called Work That Matters. And they are offering a very interesting approach to financial planning. And they're actually putting the focus on client engagement. So something that we uh, are really talking about a lot these last couple of months specifically, and something that's coming a lot more to the fore. Now, the software's name is Asset Map, and I'm really interested and excited to learn a lot more about this. And uh, with that, Kirsty. Welcome to Propulsion. Thanks, Francois. It's great to be here. I'm so, so uh, excited about this episode. Um, I'm a very big technology person, and uh, I always say anything with a plug and lights, you know, gets me very excited. <laughs> this is not all about plugs and lights, I, I suppose. What I want to talk to you about is just, first of all, let, let's start off with work that matters. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, this new new business that you've started? I think there's four of you in, in the business. I'm quite interested to learn more ab- about what it is that you do. Okay, great. Yes, there is four of us in the business. And, you know, we've all worked in the financial industry for the, most of our career. Uh, for myself, it's been almost, you know, 15 years. And we've worked together for a lot of that career as, as the four of us. I was lucky enough to, to start my career at companies and work at companies that really believed in financial planning. And for the four of us, that's why we started Work That Matters. We really believe in financial planning and we want to do work that excites us, work that creates change, and above all, you know, work that matters. And we really want to enhance financial planning businesses. As I said, we believe in financial planning and that the true value lies in the conversation between the planner and the client. And our mission is to enable financial planners to have better conversations, more real conversations, and deeper conversations with their clients. That's really what we're about. And we're bringing in, as you mentioned, Asset Map, a solution from the US that we think really enables client engagement in a, in a different way. Yeah, it'll be great to talk to you more about that. Just as an early on question, obviously, if you're bringing something from the US, it's been localized, you know, so that at least speak in RANDs and, and those kind of things. It's not a foreign sort of foreign language that we that we will see in, in the software. No, 100%. Yes, it has been localized. It is in RANDs. All right, so just in terms of how you view financial planning uh, as work that matters, I did a bit of research on, on you and some of the guys, and I see that in your history, you've worked uh, with uh, Axis. So obviously, you've been in this game for a very long time. You've worked with a lot of planners. You understand uh, the environment very, very well, which I think is critical. You know, there's a lot of people that come into the industry that they've, they've done some form of work, but they've never been on the advising side of the table and uh, we want to give advice and we want to tell people how to run their businesses and how to have conversations with with clients but we've never been in that and from what I can see it seems like you know you've all been in that space working alongside advisors for many years So, so how do you view financial planning 
So, I mean, our, our philosophy around financial planning is connecting the heart, the head and the hand. So if you think about financial planners, we tend to focus on the head and the hand. Um, you know, that's the, the head being the calculations, the analysis, um, you know, the reporting side of that, and the hand being sort of the implementation, product selection. You know, our natural space as financial planners is to focus on that. But in, to really have a tangible difference in financial planning, we need to be able to connect the heart, the head, and the hand. So that's what's our core philosophy at Work That Matters, is financial planning that connects those three. Well, that, is, that, that makes so much sense. And I think a lot of the skill that advisors need is going to shift primarily from doing calculations and being able to understand numbers to really being able to, to relay this to clients and to make sure that clients understand this. I think it was in the, in the episode I spoke to Vessel Oosthuizen. We were speaking about the outputs from many of the systems that it's really built for financial advisors and not for, for the client. So unless the advisor is sitting with the client and explaining the things and boring them to death, um, you know, it doesn't really, I think, mean a lot to, to clients at this point. It's nice to see that there's something, because if I look at the asset map on the homepage of the website, it says clients and professionals on the same page. And then it goes on to say, we help advisors communicate by building a one-page financial landscape that humans can actually understand. And I don't think people get just how powerful that can be. No, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think over the years, we've we've been involved in, in technology and, and building technology for financial planners. But it seems that as an industry, we focus that technology on, you know, making our businesses more efficient and more effective. So if it's CRM capability to, you know, help us, you know, communicate with clients better and manage our client relationships to financial planning tools that help us do the analysis, um, you know, and, and do all the calculations to reporting tools that help us, you know, build compliant reports reports that you know tick all the boxes and meet all of the requirements but the, there hasn't been a lot of tech focus on that actual client engagement and how we are changing that and I think that that speaks to you know when you talk to planners a lot of them say that they struggle to show clients the value of financial planning and we know that it's tremendously valuable and that all clients should should go through that process but why is it the clients aren't perceiving that value you know why is there this gap and we think it's you know if we think about the technologies we're using yes it's important to run an efficient practice and it's important to employ these technologies we also need to start shifting the focus a bit to technology that helps us engage with clients and you're 100 percent correct clients you know their focus isn't the calculations you know their focus is more about you know what do they need to achieve and are they on track to achieve that and that sort of reminds me of a, a story that Seth Godin um, added in his this is marketing book where he said there was a you know famous quote by a Harvard professor that said people don't want to buy a quarter inch drill bit they want a quarter inch hole and what Seth Godin said is actually they don't want the quarter inch hole either. They want the shelf that you that they're going to put up with that hole. Or and even if you take that further, they want to declutter their space and put up pictures and have that feeling of knowing that they did something that they've been wanting to do and they've uncluttered their room and, and put up those pictures on that shelf. And it's that feeling that they want, not the quarter inch draw. And I think we can apply the, the same thinking to financial planning. You know, for the client, it's not about is the analysis, you know, is the calculations correct? Is, that's not important. Is, is this the right product selection? Well, while we know those things are necessary, for the client, it's that 
feeling that they want at the end of the day, that feeling of knowing I'm okay, I have everything in order, I know what I need to do to achieve the goals that I want to achieve. And it's, it's, it's that feeling that we need to start shifting towards, you know, what is the technology um, that's going to enable us to do that with clients, to give them that sense of, of calm, of, of, you know, knowing that they're in, in control of their, their financial and, and we really believe Asset Map does that. And it, it does that by simplifying that, that conversation, you know, so focusing the client with all their financials on one page to one picture that we can engage around that the clients understand. And you're 100% correct. Adam, the, the founder of Asset Map, he always says humans love it, you know, because it's, it's taking it back to, to a human level. If, if, we, if we go and, and just have a look at the way that social media has enabled people to connect and to communicate and to collaborate even. And if you think about um, gaming, I mean, the way that there are children, for instance, that they are very, uh, they don't like being in, in, in social environments, but put those headphones on and they can communicate and talk and laugh and have fun. And, and that is sort of the things that technology is able to do. Yet we've been lacking that in the financial, or we are lacking that in the financial planning space specifically. Uh, and to lead on to what you've just said, Christy, is if you can touch on, because I know where you come from, so I know that the software and things that you that you use there, the, I mean, how, is, how has technology evolved over time? Um, I think you touched earlier on that, uh, you know, it, it makes us more effective and more efficient and those kind of things. And I did a session last week, Friday, where we spoke about how do you employ technology in your business? And a lot of it was focused on how do we become more effective, more efficient in that. So how has it evolved and, and, and where are things at the moment and where is it going? I think technology has you know, evolved in, in the space in that previously you would look for a tool that did everything. You know, does it have CRM capabilities? Does it do the financial planning and the reporting and the compliance? And I think the shift we're going to see is that there is no one model tool that's going to be able to do everything and, and do everything well. And, and what planners and practices will start building up is sort of their own tech stack, so to speak, where they have, you know, a CRM that's, you know, the best CRM for their business and that it focuses on client relationship management. And then perhaps there's planning tools that sit on top of that that helps them with, you know, the analysis and the calculation and perhaps there's reporting tools. But what sits at the top of that stack where we haven't seen a lot of development in, in financial planning is the tools that help us engage with clients. And that, that's sort of where we see asset map sitting is at the top of that pyramid, helping you engage with clients in a different and more meaningful way. I think some of the other things we're going to see you know, in changes in tech is that previously technology would be you pay for a period of time. So you contract in for two years or whatever that may be to use the software and then you, you pay for that for that software. Whereas software now is becoming more of a service. If you look at Google and, and how we pay for that, you sign up and you you stop when you want to. If you look at Netflix, the same is happening there. And I think we'll see the same happening in software in in financial planning as well, where it'll start to be a service that you pay month to month for. And you and practices will start building up their tech stack of the of the software that's really enabling their business and what they need to to achieve. Yeah, I must say I agree fully with your sentiment and, and what you said. Uh, I started off that session actually saying just know that there is no one system. It does not exist. It doesn't matter how much we, we want that. And and this is this thing about getting people to understand what a technology stack is and how you can put different things together to achieve the things that you actually want to achieve. 
And we've been talking about this the whole thing around client engagement, client engagement. Is there a difference between client engagement and client collaboration? You know, I think to, to effectively do client engagement, you need collaboration. So I think engaging with clients, it has to be collaborative. We have to, you know, clients want to feel in control, that they've made the decision, that they've been informed, you know, given enough information to be able to make an informed decision. I think that, you know, traditional planning perhaps was more of, you know, there's an expert role player and and they're informing you of what you as the client need to do. I think clients have changed. Their, Their expectations have changed. They want to be part of the process. They want to feel empowered and understand their situation and make their own decisions. So I think client collaboration is the the only way. Yeah, it's something that's becoming more and more. And I know many of the system providers are talking about collaboration, but you know, it's again something like para planning and 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 those kind of terms where people have their own definition of what collaboration is or what para planning is, for example. In terms of the system, who is who is your ideal user? ASICMAP was built on the belief system that all planners, you know, want to to make a difference with clients. And, and I think all planners do really want to engage with clients and make a difference with clients. So I think ASICMAP is for all financial planners. And maybe maybe I just share a little bit about, you know, how ASICMAP started. You know, it was started in the US by by Adam Holt, um, who had a financial planning practice. And they were really struggling to engage with high net worth clients. And the reason for that is they found that these clients weren't interested in the normal financial planning discussions that they were having with their clients. You know, discussions like asset allocation and investment strategies, analysis. These clients were more interested in asset location. So, you know, how are their affairs structured? Who are the people in their lives and how how do they connect to those people? You know, what assets sit in the trust? What assets sit in the business? Is it structurally, you know, optimal? And what can they do to, to ensure it becomes structurally optimal? So they found that they, they needed something to help them engage with these clients. And, and that's why they created AssetMap because it shows you, I mean, and the first thing about AssetMap is it doesn't talk about a client, it talks about a household, which is significant because clients don't think of, you know, their financial situation as in themselves as the individual, but also everyone that's important to them. So they built AssetMap to show on one page who are all the people in your life that are important to you? Are there trusts? Are there businesses? Is there a business partner, for example? And you can show all of that on one page and where all the assets sit. And what they found is that it was great for high net worth clients. They thought this is exactly what they, they were looking for. But they then realized it's actually what all clients wanted. All clients wanted to see one picture that they could easily relate to that showed them all of their assets and all of their their finances and the people around them in a view that they could really engage with. So they started using it with with all of their clients and and not just the high net worth clients. And one client said, you know, I've always wanted this, but I didn't know what I wanted until I saw it. And now I know this is actually what I've always wanted. And I think that's, that's quite profound is that clients can't really articulate what it is they're looking for. But when they see the asset map and they see everything on one page, they realize, actually, this is what I, I need. This is what I need to, to make decisions to improve my, my financial plan and make me feel you know, that sense of comfort in knowing I'm on track. And I think it also speaks to Carl Richards, his, his way of, I mean, that book that he wrote, also the one-page financial, uh, or, yeah, I think it was called the one-page financial plan. It, that is what people want is that simplicity. And sometimes it is so difficult for us to make the complex things simple. 
you know, for us to get all these things on one page would mean that you would need an A0 size piece of poster paper in order to get that done. Yet uh, this system, because I've gone through through the process yesterday, uh, I sort of saw what it's like from a client perspective. Uh, so, so let's get a little bit into into that in terms of just the process of working with with Asset Map and what makes it different. The first step was actually when you need to get the the facts from the client, etc. You can send a link to the client, and the client can complete this, and you can actually sit with them while they are doing it as well. So it's not that it has to be done before the meeting or anything. This can all happen during a meeting if that is what you wanted. 100%. So you can send out the, the link to the clients. They can then complete it in a you know, user-friendly way, um, complete the data that, you know, that they have, their financial data, but also the people in their life and also what things are on top of, you know, at the top of their mind. What are the things that they're concerned about at the moment? They complete all of that and that goes back to the planner and creates that asset map. Or as you say, if you prefer to sit with the clients and build the asset map together, we can do that as well. So you can capture it with the clients or they can do it and send you the information and, and capture it, you know, that way. Um, and then the next step is is engaging with the clients around the asset map. And and what they what the planners in the, in the US do and, and works really well with asset map is they, they print out the asset map, one for the planner and one for the clients, and they hand it out in the meeting with a pen right at the beginning of the meeting. So now each client sitting there immediately gets a pen and, and is encouraged to participate in, in the meeting because you feel if I have a pen, I have to do something with it. I've got this piece of paper now and I've got this pen. And then they start going through the asset map and exploring the different aspects, exploring you know who the people are and what the relationships are. They also educate the client through that, so understanding this is what the RA means, this is what you know your pension fund is and how things are structured. And then they elevate, you know, what are the important areas? So should we be thinking about consolidating this section or do we need to insure against this? Or, you know, there's sort of a gap in this space. Should we talk about, you know, that gap and what we need to do to fill that? And you go through that with the client and, and, and then you're sort of co-creating, you know, parts of the plan. That discussion is, is very engaging because the client has a pen. In. And what you find is throughout that meeting, the planner and the client make scribbles and drawings and notes all over that page. And, and, and what we found in the U.S. and with planners in, in South Africa that are using Asset Map is, you know, one planner said all the client wanted to take with them from that meeting was their Asset Map with their notes. You know, and that's what they, they, they wanted to take home. And also show the people in the, in, that are important to them, you know, show their spouse, perhaps their children or other people in their life, this is our household financial picture. And, and these are the things we're going to do. I just wanted to add on to what you were saying with the client, uh, giving them a pen with a printout. I think it is, uh, this is what, what we need to get with a system is that it is so much more than just a system that puts this together and creates this one page plan then, if you will. What it is all about is actually now that the client sits with a pen, they are writing on this piece of paper. I mean, that is apart from having a client engagement you can only have that if you are both engaged in the process. So sometimes we think we sit in a meeting, we talk to a client, yeah, we ask questions and they talk back, but they're not doing anything physically. We're just talking and they are just looking at what we are explaining to them. In With this, they are actually participating uh, like physically as well, just not just talking and, and, and listening. They are actually writing and that I think gets them so much more engaged and interested and you can keep their the attention for longer, I, I would assume. 
A hundred percent. I mean, we know that um, clients, their expectations have changed, but in, in addition to that, we, we live in a time where people have a very short attention span. And to keep clients engaged throughout a meeting and throughout their lifetime, we need to be adding you know, more all the time um, to ensure that they stay engaged. So 100%, you give someone a pen and they feel like they're participating, they are far more engaged in, in the meeting and more invested in it and participating in it than if they're sitting and, and listening to someone or watching something. And I think the same goes for engaging over the lifetime. We know that to if we engage with clients in a sort of once-off and do a once-off plan for them, or if we engage with them throughout their lifetime, it you know exponentially increases our business ten times. Um, you know by engaging throughout their lifetime. So we need to find ways to ensure clients we keep their attention, that we grab it and quickly and get them involved in the process. Because I 100% agree with you. That's that's how they're going to stay engaged. And then uh, the next step, I guess, is interpreting. Uh, you know where they are. Going into target maps, um, that's the second part of, of, or the third part of asset map. And, and what that gives the plan the ability to do is just create different goals. So for example, in the event of death, or I want to plan for retirement, or I have specific holiday goals, et cetera, that I want to achieve. And for each of that, it, it shows you how on track you are to achieving it based on what you're doing currently. So what assets you have currently that you've assigned to those goals, as well as what you're contributing towards those goals. And it shows you how funded you are to achieve that. The second part of that is it shows it to you in sort of bars per goal on one page. So it's, again, this concept of just simplifying it for the client. So we know there's a lot of calculations in the back end and, and that we have to do. But for the client, what's important is to know, am I on track or not? Or am I doing the right things to ensure that I stay on track to achieve those goals. And it's a great way of keeping clients engaged over time because as you sit down to review, you're looking at that asset map again of what does your picture look like today and also how more funded are you to achieve the goals that we set out to achieve. So again, just bringing it back to two pages, one on the asset map and one on target maps, that really is a financial plan for the client and gives them a very clear idea of where I am and what I want to achieve and how I'm going to do that. And then when I went through the process of capturing things, what, what was quite interesting to me is that it was most of the time clicking. So I would click to indicate that I this is something that pertains to me. And then obviously I had to type in things like my name and my age and things like that. And then also like when you're adding an asset, it was a name for the asset, the value of the asset and so forth. There wasn't a lot of detail that I had to capture as the client. But now when it once it gets to the financial planner side of it, can they then add more details? Because what about things like, um, let's say, for instance, base costs and, and things like that or growth rates? Uh, I would assume that that is in the hands of the planner to go and set that after the client has, has inputted their, their information. Yes, I mean, some of that. I mean, Asset Map is, is, looks at it at, from a high level. So we want to simplify it for the client. And we almost think of it as, you know, you've got financial planning you can see as compass or, or GPS, you know, is it exact and it takes you to that exact point. And I think traditionally financial planning has focused on that. We've spent a lot of time and energy and building systems that get you to a very accurate point. So we, we've been almost focused on accuracy. Is the estate duty calc 100% correct? Is the executive's fees correct? When we know that it's based on so many assumptions and, and over 30 to 40 years. So we know that by tomorrow, it's, it's probably not correct. 
you know, or, or definitely not correct. So I think from a financial planning point of view, another way that we look at it is that it's about compass planning. Clients need enough information and enough accuracy to make decisions that push them forward, that, you know, push them along that journey to achieving their goal. I mean, that's essentially why we do all of these calculations is to give clients an idea of the impact of their current decisions so that they know what decisions to make in order to change that. But we want to try and shift it away from being completely, you know, the focus being on accuracy to the focus being on is there enough accuracy to give the client an idea to make the right decisions. So in Asset Map, yes, you can set tax rates, you can set growth rates, um, all of that, but it's assumption-based. So you said that I, I want to deduct this much for tax and I want to deduct this much for, you know, estates, duty, et cetera, and the model will calculate that for you. But it's not going to to the nth degree of that calculation. And I, I agree with you where I think we get so bogged down with, you know, this, and, and I always say, like, for whatever the set of assumptions are, the calculations must be correct for that set of assumptions. And you would rather have a discussion around whether those assumptions make sense or not and whether it's relevant for what we're doing. But the fact of the matter is when that client walks out of your office, you're already wrong because those assumptions are not panning out. You know, they are going to be different, whether it's by 0.1% or by 10% or 20%, it doesn't really matter. But um, we need to start to understand that we are not an exact science and that this is really about getting people. If you are always say, like, if you want to go from Joburg to Cape Town, you know what? You, you can know that, yes, I want to go to Greenpoint, or you just want to end up as close to Cape Town as possible so that you can decide when you get there exactly where you want to end up. And, and that is sort of the, the whole thing around financial planning is that we should just make sure that we get to Cape Town and not to PE where the wind is going to blow your hair all over the place. So we don't want, want that. And, 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 and that is something where, you know, a lot of times we, I think with many of the systems, we will, we will find, well, which one is better, which one is not, uh, which calculations are more correct, which ones are not. You know, and, and then we forget it's all about really making decisions now that we'll, we'll only really see the impact sometimes, you know, 10, 20, 30 years down the line. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I think the, the way we measure technology and, and tools is, you know, on that accuracy. So you say, is it the right assumptions? Does it do all of the calculations? And does it do it in, you know, the best possible way? Or as you said, is it accurate for the assumptions used? And I think we need to, to shift that a little bit to say, you know, what is the purpose of it? Why are we doing all of those calculations? And, and the real purpose is we want to be able to help clients make decisions that improve their financial situation that and do we need to go to that degree of detail in order to do it and i I don't believe we do i think that we can simplify things and get close enough with sort of border assumptions on these calculations and focus more on are we making the right decisions um with the clients and and how do we make those decisions and how do we empower the client to to understand it and and give them enough information to make that decision without losing them in the detail of all of these calculations. Yeah, and getting them to actually take action because once they get overwhelmed, the chances of them taking action is actually not not that good. Just a, maybe a, a more on the technical side, in your opinion, what how important is it to to account for tax in any of these calculations? Do we ignore tax? Do we take it into account at to some stage or should we, for whatever the, the information is, apply the tax exactly to that i think my, my views on on, on tax that uh, we have to take it into account in some 
form um, because otherwise, you know, you, you'd probably be showing a picture where the client might make an incorrect decision based on it. So I think you definitely have to take it into account. I think getting it 100% accurate, I mean, a lot of these planning tools, you're planning over 30, 40 years using the tax rates as they are today. So we really know it's inaccurate. And, and trying to do those calculations to look at every band and project that for 40 years, I would rather make it an assumption for tax, be conservative. You know, I always think it's best to, to make a conservative assumption around that so that the client can see the impact of tax and make an informed decision on it. So I don't think we can ignore these things, um, but I do think we can. the way we do it needs to be more around taking a view that may not be 100% accurate, but we know it's accurate enough to make the right decision. Yeah, also, I agree with you. And, and, you know, with any assumption, you would rather err on the on the side of conservative, uh, being conservative, and not and not be over over positive, and oh, that's the one area where you shouldn't be too too optimistic because you'll never find a client that will complain. Oh, we've saved too much. Um, they will only complain when they've saved too too little, and they haven't done done more than than what they were supposed to. Uh, what kind of training and that do you provide if somebody decides to start using Asset Map? Uh, what is the process to to get on board? And then uh, you know what kind of training uh, do you offer to to help people get going? So we, we offer training. We will onboard planners. The process to, to um, getting it is just contact us. Um, so I'll give you, you know, our details there. I mean, you can go onto our website at www.growthatmatters.ca.za. Um, once a planner has signed up for Asset Map, and, and remember Asset Map is also a software that's a service, so you sign up for month to month, and then we'll come in, we'll meet with you, we'll do training, onboarding, and we offer ongoing support, so whatever the planner needs. What we really want is for the planners to use it with clients. And what they found in the U.S. is, is people adopt it very quickly and very easily because when you see clients enjoying the experience so much and engaging so much, it really makes planners want to use it more. So what they found in the U.S. and in sort of corporates that use it is the adoption rate is much, much higher because planners actually want to use it. So it's not, you know, forced upon them and they enjoy using it. You know, we believe the same will happen here, but we will come in, we'll do onboarding with real clients and talk around what is the conversations and the support we offer and training is not just about, you know, how do you use it um, and how do I capture things? It's more about once you've done that, how does it really change the conversation and how can we support you in that? I think that's awesome because, a lot of times, you know, you go to a training session uh, with a system provider, regardless of, of who it is, and you are being taught how to input the things into the system and where it goes, and that's about it. But nobody sits with you connecting the financial planning side to the technology, to the client engagement, and helping you really engage with clients around the output of the system. So nobody does that. So obviously, AssetMap was built to actually encourage uh, the engagement and to have a working document that is really a working document. So so the training also then fits that to help a financial planner really get to grips with this quickly and know, and you're also going to help them and, and, and show them how to have these conversations. It's not just, oh, here's the map, this is what it means, and there you go. You will actually help them have the conversations. Am I right? Exactly, and we'll support them with their first few clients and, and ongoing if they if they need that. Um, you know, it's important to us that we want planners to to really embrace it. So 
We don't want it to be another piece of tech that's just, you know, lying dormant and gets used every now and then. We want planners to use it with all clients and engage with them. And we will support that in any way that we can. So whether it's sitting with the planner and working through their first clients with them, you know, assisting them in the conversation and you know, what's worked in the U.S. I mean, the, the great thing about it being from the U.S. is they've had five years of planners using it. So there's lots of lessons and learnings that's come out of that that we can incorporate and use here. So we would definitely provide all of that. We want planners to, to use it and engage with clients and we'll do whatever we need to, to help that happen. I could also confirm what you've said earlier that, uh, you know, the adoption rates is actually a problem. So what you see may, often happens is that somebody would implement a system, but they will primarily use the CRM and not even for CRM functions. They will use it as a telephone book and uh, to keep email addresses and telephone numbers and ID numbers and, and sometimes tax numbers, but that's about it. So we don't really use or people don't get into using the uh, the planning tools itself. And for me, that, that that is a problem. So in this case, this is what this tool of yours focuses on. It's there to help the planner engage better with clients and for clients to be more involved in the process and therefore the adoption rates is higher because clients understand and they actually love the process. I mean, I think that you can have a lot of fun in these meetings. This isn't going to be your traditional, very strict uh, sort of, and I don't know, I know not, not everybody will actually have a meeting like that, but I think quite often people go there and they're nervous about, you know, what's going to happen in this meeting. Whereas here I'm getting a red, a blue, and a green pen, and we're going to have some fun on you know today and 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 feel like you, like like you you you're just enjoying the process. Yes, I mean, and it and it should be it it should be that you know clients want an experience, and from all professionals. So you know, gone are the days where they they walk in and they just want to be you know told this is what we're doing or this is your plan. They want they want that experience, and and what better experience than as you said, let's have fun, give each other you know different color pens and let's draw all over this and then co-create this plan together i mean i think that elements of fun and an element of that experience is what's going to keep clients engaged but also keep them coming back and differentiate you as a planner definitely do you integrate with any other systems like are you able to integrate with uh, like standalone crms and things i saw that at uh, your business you're using hubspot uh, but can this can asset map actually integrate with with any other CRM systems? Um, in the US, they have integrated with many systems, so it, it definitely is possible. We aren't integrated at the moment with any, but we are in conversations with a few and to to look at the integration. And if the need arises, we we will look at that. Funnily enough, and um, with the users that we have at the moment, integration hasn't been a big focus. And I think it's because when you're co-creating the map with the clients, there's sort of an experience in that as well. So ensure, you know, getting the data in when it's so quick to capture with the client has been less important to the, the planners that we have at the moment. But we definitely are talking to to CRMs um, and, and we'll look at integration if we have, you know, users that, that need that. Yeah, because I guess that's part of having a technology stack. Um, I can use whatever I want for my CRM and my planning and my reporting and, and that. But but at some point, these things may I may have the need, depending on the size of the practice. I um, I think that will be a key a key thing that will determine whether I would want integration or or not. So the bigger the business, the more it may become a a, a requirement. And as I said, but you can do that um, if when if and when it is it is it is required. Um, so that is not a problem. 
And then um, just in terms of, of pricing, maybe can we can we talk a little bit about pricing, just given an indication of, you know, how you said it's a month-to-month contract. So meaning that I can cancel at any time, I assume giving 30 days notice. But but what does the, the user fees and license fees uh, look like? So the license fee is 1,850 Rand per month, um, and that's the monthly license fee. And, and you're 100% correct, you can cancel at any point in time, so you can sign up, work through it, and, and yeah, it's month to month. Okay, and do you, uh, I mean, this is this is looking at a holistic financial planning sort of approach. Can you use the tool for things like like specifically investment planning or let's say for like when you are in retirement or at retirement or is this more a making provision for retirement and making provision like in the event of of, of death and disability and those kind of things? Um, you can do both. So you can load any sort of um, goal that you have. So I, I would like, for example, if I'm in retirement, I need an income of X amount a month and I've got these assets to do that with growing at this rate. How long would it last? Um, you know, how funded am I? And if I need it to last for 40 years, then it'll show me on the target map, you know, how provisioned I am for to achieve that. So yes, it, it would work for any goal. Is asset map the only thing you do? Everything revolves around this or, or what else do you do? So, I mean, work that matters is about enabling financial planning businesses. We, we are quite new. Um, we've, we've just just started. So at the moment, asset map is our only solution. But our, our idea over time is to, is to grow that and have more solutions that enable financial planning. So anything that we think would help with that, we will, we will look at. But at this point, it's, it's really asset map is our focus. Christy, oh, thanks. I don't know if there's anything else that you would maybe like to, to mention. Uh, you've given the, the website address, but maybe where can people get hold of you? I don't know, maybe if there's an email address or do you just want them to go to the website? No, I mean, you also use the email address, assetmap at workthatmatters.ca.za. And maybe just one other thing to add from my side. I mean, we spoke about how assetmap um, enables conversations when you're sitting with the client. But another thing that's happening a lot in the financial planning industry is planners are starting to have virtual meetings with clients, similar to the, the one we're having now. Um, and, and the reason for that is, is it's sometimes just better suited for clients. Some clients, they prefer that. And planners perhaps prefer that. And what, what happens in, in those meetings is you, you're looking at each other and, and you're having a conversation. And if you wanted to sort of pull up a financial plan that's, that's 30 pages long, that can really be a difficult way to engage, especially virtually, because you're scrolling up and down, you know, looking for the right space. What Asset Map works really well for these virtual meetings as well, because you're putting up one page, it's one screen, that you can engage with and talk around um, and, and you can still make notes and draw, you know, on, on the system. So I just wanted to share that it's not only for face-to-face meetings, but it also really helps in, in these virtual meetings that giving you something to both look at and both engage with. Yeah. And, and I saw that the, that it obviously works on, on any device. So you can also use, whether it's a tablet or laptops or anything with a touchscreen will actually also be, be great to, to use with us. Exactly. Yes, it works on all on all of them. Um, and I think maybe just to leave with with four points, um, when when we're evaluating software, I think we need to think of, of four key questions. You know, does it help me engage better with my clients? Does it help my clients feel equipped to make better financial decisions? Does it help my clients make sense of their financial situation? And does it help me connect with the heart, head, and hand? Um, I think that's very powerful. You know, it's four very simple questions. 
but for very, very important and powerful questions. And the answers to that can really help you take your, your practice to the next level if you can decide. Because that's one of the things is like, you know, how do we go through a process of deciding which systems to use? And I think those four questions is great for, for specifically the planning type of tools that we want to use in our practices. People don't really know how to go through that process and to say what they usually do is they talk to their buddy at, at, a, at a conference or at a product provider session or, or wherever they meet up. And what are you using? Oh, I'm using this company and I'm using that company. And if they hear one company's name more than the other, then they also go with that one. And uh, a lot of times they, they look at price as the differentiating factor or as the, as the, the deciding factor. And I think that's where they make a huge mistake because they need to really understand the clients that they work with, what are they trying to achieve. And then these four questions that you've just, just given us, I think are, are very, very powerful. So thanks for that. I think that's a great value add for those that's going to take those four questions and actually go and, and look for the answers. So thank you very much for that. And I think you mentioned that, uh, Franco, when you said we need to stop looking at this as a cost, but more of it as an investment. Um, you know, when you're building your, your tech stack, it's an investment and, and you've got to weigh up that, that investment cost against the value that it brings. Does it help me be more kind? Does it help me engage better with clients? And does it help me grow my business to the point where the cost then becomes irrelevant? Kirsty, um, I want to thank you very, very much for your time today. Uh, I really look forward to, to see where you go with this and how people start adopting this um, in South Africa. And uh, I just want to wish you guys all the best. And if there's anything that, that we can do uh, to also support and, and help you, just let us know. Just go for it. And uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me today. I've really enjoyed it. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. Cool. Thank you for listening to Propulsion. If you found this episode valuable, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. This will help us tremendously. For more about Propulsion and other valuable information, please visit our website at propulsion.co.za.